Blog Talk Radio. Cheese on the podcast. Gentlemen, Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live on this beautiful Monday, October 29, 2018. What's going on? How are you? I was in a good mood yesterday and it carried over until today. I was really excited to get the show going yesterday, but we had um, technical difficulties due to the good folks over at Blog Talk Radio. Won't get too much into that. Because I feel like it would leave a sour vibe on the on the good times that I'm having right now. I'm on one of those waves where um, everything is going great. Shit. Very, very good days over in the Central California section for me you know, ever since Thursday of last week. So it's just been coasting and coasting and coasting and coasting, and it's going all good. Those that know me, they know I love the month of October, being the funnest times as a sports fanatic, as I mentioned probably when uh, the month it first started off, that being, oh, I believe the uh, third is actually, of the, the third of the month is when Willa had the first show of October being the midweek, and I carried over to the second, which I'm pretty sure I talked about how much I love October. As a fanatic of sports, you got playoff baseball, you got boxing that always has treats during this time of the year. You got football. Um, I think that's everything involved with sports. Basketball comes back. It's 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 a perfect time for me, and it's my favorite time of the year. Also because the ladies love to hoe around on Halloween. Oh boy, did old Uncle RC have himself a good old time out of town this week, um, especially uh, over the years I've uh, I've had fun during the time of October when it comes for Halloween parties. I, I think that uh, uh, last year was in the form of one Colin Kaepernick. The year before that was Donald Trump, believe it or not, um, because that's when he was just talking about you know, making fun of the lady and all that good stuff with Hillary, lock her up, you know, whatever. Um, I, I felt that I found that to be kind of funny. Um, before he, you know, you know, got all racist and sons of bitches and losing their jobs and all that stuff. I don't co sign with that. But the whole making fun of a woman and, and downplaying it was kind of just, you know, out of the shits and giggles and all that good stuff. Neither here nor there. Yeah, I was Trump, so what? Um the year before that, I believe it was Steve Irwin. Um, yeah, so been on a little bit of a row, been on a little bit of a row this year playing, 
um, doing my best cosplay as I could have with one Lando Calrissian, played by, to hip-hop fans known as Childish Gambino, uh, but to people who may not know that side of him, known as Donald Glover, who recently appeared in the solo A Star Wars Story film that came out earlier this year. And, uh, man, I cannot recall how many females, hands, or cheeks, for those that were willing to go the next step further, that I was able to bless upon them. For those who don't know Lando Carrizan, he's a very smooth, talking smuggler who, you know, hey, humans, aliens, robots, it don't matter. If we can get it in, we'll figure it out. So it was a good it was a good time for me. Thursday, Friday and Saturday really took a toll on me. Coming from one who parties and has a good time, gets very little sleep and wakes up energetic the next day. I was good for three days, but that Sunday, whew. It was a rough one, you know? Sunday was a very lazy day for me yesterday. Nonetheless, I was still ready to go figuring out when we could get this show going. Weren't able to do it, but we're here right now, goddammit. So um, currently enjoying watching Tom Brady um, three yards away from being TB12 1K, 1K being 1,000 yards rushing in his career. (laughs) Um, Sacramento Kings currently putting some work on the Miami Heat, all my people in the 305, so sorry, so sorry. Them boys in Sacktown ain't playing this year, though. We're keeping that same energy, trust me. Young super team coming to fruition, as one Vlade Divac predicted, in which I coined phrase, Vlad's playing. <laughs> Don't let me come up with a remix to that. Let him get on up a little bit more of a streak, and I might have to get my ass back in the studio. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great Monday. I'm over here just relaxing, um, enjoying the weather. Goodness gracious, that's another part of October I love is, uh, is the weather that we get out here. Perfect time. Um, got my hoodie sweaty on right now. So um, it's my favorite time of the year, and I could not be any happier. But all the subjects that we have a big list to get into involve in boxing. I want to take it to my man, my tag team partner, in which I hold gold with in the podcasting universe for a very long time. We're talking about about maybe six years and nothing right now. So I want to take it to my man, D. Willow Wilson, a.k.a. on social media, Willow the King, and see how he's going down or seeing how everything is going down with him in Houston, Texas. D. Willow. What's going on, my brother? How you doing today? I hope you had a, a good weekend and uh, a great Monday. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. I have. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, yes, man. Got a lot of great love, a lot of hugs, a lot of daps out there at uh, uh, my uh, alma mater's homecoming festivities this weekend. You know, a lot of drinks, a lot of barbecue, a lot of music, a lot of black people, man. So had a great time out there at Prairie View this weekend. Uh, got to check out the fight. 
uh, excited to talk about them. Um, anybody comes on here with some kind of false narrative, we're not playing it today. I'm cutting throats. I don't want to hear anything about anything. Always remember your past before you bring up my future. So, with that being said, man, you know, let's talk about this boxer. I like I like Oh, him. all right. Ready. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I guess uh, uh, I'd also like to uh, give a congratulatory to your Houston Texans who seem to have caught fire as of recent. And trust me, being a guy who drafted Lamar Miller in my fantasy football uh, podcast, or fantasy football uh, uh, dynasty that I got going on right now, I'm glad to see him coming on as of late. And uh, I'm, I'm happy y'all getting back on the right track. So, um <clears throat> That's one thing I'd like to get out there real quick, but um, um, yeah. Any uh, anything going on? Or anything happened with you, uh, Funfield? Or you said you went back to the alma mater for the homecoming? I just had homecoming um last week, I believe it was, at my alma mater high school. Uh, with uh, involved with my, uh, I've been coaching the DBs over there at the school for a little while, so. Uh, it's always, I mean, uh, a different vibe, I'm sure, as you can imagine the difference from a jump of high school or prep uh, sports to the collegiate level. But um, being a, a homecoming event all in all, I can imagine that was a good time for you. Uh, you you were able to make an attendance out there, Willa, and, and uh, how was the whole event in itself, good sir, since it was something that I, ha- I imagine is of, of uh, big importance to you because I felt the love and the love and adulation from everybody that I hadn't seen since I was a young little mustache in high school doing a couple of things here and there and then and doing football in the meantime. In between time, uh, I had a really good time for the homecoming event for mine, which was two weeks ago, and you just had yours uh, as of late. So um, you want to uh, talk about that a little bit before we get into boxing and see? Uh, I felt like you kind of you kind of came off a little uh, rough around the edges, sir. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, just loosen you up a little bit here, Will. You're coming off a little confrontational and a little bit, a little bit weary, a little violent. I'm trying to, trying to uh, cool you down a little bit to start this show because I'm telling you, we're gonna have to get into a whole lot today. Yeah, yeah. Well, in regards to you know college, the college homecoming and the and the high school homecoming are a little different. Um, you know, at the college, you 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 know you've lived pretty much with these people, you know, for four years, five years. You know what I'm saying? So it's more like a family reunion. You know, we have people from like eighty to eight years old out there. Just uh, just a lot of just a lot of folks, a lot of you know, just a lot of a lot of food. Like I said, uh, they have a big ass concert now. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty good look, but. You know, in regards to me coming around rough around the edges, it's not it's nothing like that, nothing about any violence or, or being uh, you know, and anything like that. It's just, you know, we might get to subjects where people try to paint a different different narrative that that is really the truth of what's oh. been going on. So I just want everybody to know, anybody, you know, if they come with that narrative, I will be able to break them down easily with the verbal attack. And just remember, just remember, just remember. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> well, hey, that's what's up, man. I could, I could definitely feel the, um, the energy from the start. So, just want to see what, which direction, which, which, which direction we're steering in. Because I know sometimes, 
uh, I have a little bit of mood swings speaking for myself, not as it's coming off anywhere or nothing like that. But, you know, you know me well, Willa. We've been doing this for a while. So if you sense a different energy in me as I sense from you, we try to figure out what's going on. But everything's all good in the hood. No worries. Um, and it sounds dope. Like uh, the uh, brotherhood that goes along with the, um, like like you said, people that are damn near family to you goes a long way. And that's for life. So uh, might as well top to that. Tip my cap to that. Hope you had a good time out there and all that. But let's get to this boxing, man, because we got a lot of stuff to get to. And, I mean, the sports world in general has been, been bugging. It's been popping at me for a while. So, um was looking to get into it yesterday, but fuck it, we got time today. And uh, today will be the day where we discuss Danny Jacobs. The Miracle Man continues to do things in his career moving forward that I'm sure um, people who diagnosed him to never be able to be in this combat sports game, um, or not a game because you do not play in this sport that we cover. But nonetheless, um, doing things that, are giving them reason to have the nickname being the Miracle Man. And Danny Jacobs picking up the IBF middleweight championship of the world. Dervachenko found out very quickly that the sparring and everything that they had done before was going to be a little bit different and was going to be, I wouldn't say surprised, but his eyes would have been opened up early from some tricks that Danny Jacobs probably didn't show him. Um, as much as he's seen when it was leading up to the 300 some odds uh, rounds that they had when it came to sparring together. Um, because I think whenever you're in a competition with someone that's uh, uh, considered a friend or even a stable mate that you're close with, uh, Janelle, you're with us right now. Stay with us. I will definitely get to you on this question because there's guys that you're stable mates with people that you're cool with. It don't matter. Um, but when it comes into the heat, le- the level of competition and, fight game being a different one um i try to look into things a little bit differently um as far as certain things that you might not have shown not only a stable mate but someone who probably has a better idea of you compared to some opposition who never had anything like you know all they get is some some dude who is mirroring you from afar as i view so um the uh switching from southpaw going back was something that i thought danny jacobs was uh Probably didn't show a whole lot to Devachenko of in those some odd rounds that they were working together, but um, you know, uh, a really good fight. I felt like Danny Jacobs took over a lot of the fight. Um, I expected him a win by a unanimous decision. Went to a split decision, which is a little bit beyond me, but I, I could see, I could see some how some way if one judge, you know, had it for Devachenko. I I guess <laughs> somehow some way I I don't know. To me that was a uh, a unanimous victory for Danny Jacobs and it was not a unanimous victory that was easy by any means of the uh, of, of what I'm saying. What I'm what I'm saying is I think he won a majority of the rounds very clearly um but he had to work for it. It was a a dog fight um a firefight on the inside at times to Tim Bradley. Teddy, Teddy stuff, but it was um, it was a dangerous fight for both competitors when they were mixing it up on the inside. They both seemed very comfortable to get in the phone booth, and shots were flying, man. It was a, one of those fights where, like, whoa, if they don't get out of the way for that shot, it's going to be over. Oh, if he lands another one of those shots, it might be close to being over. Devachenko 
um, <clears throat> with the old knuckles on the canvas in the first round, but to be getting up right away like everything's okay. Jacob's following up with a really big right hand um, at the top of the head area that he had got before. Excuse me as I shit out these fucking dogs. <sighs> Nonetheless, I need to throw some peanut butter down that bitch. But Jacob definitely did what he needed to do to get that victory. Uh, I, I, I didn't think that he would knock him out. Even when he dropped him in the first, um, it just seemed like uh, it was one of those shots where the equilibrium gets offset and certain things happen. But, um, you know, um, Jacob definitely did what 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 I expected him to do in this fight. And he looked good doing it at times. He looked like a fighter who's really composed. And I mean, he he's a um, he's an all around really good fighter. Um, does he do anything in particularly elite level of a difference from others? There's a case to say probably not, but very well rounded, and especially sometimes as they mentioned in the broadcast, he uh, is a little tall, and you know you you might have to worry about that chin at times. But Danny Jacobs did what he needed to do. That was up for the taking. Pick that up. And towards the end, when they asked about Canelo, of course we would like to make that fight. He's been on record before saying that he would knock out Canelo. Especially before the mystique was taken away from Golovkin, from the fight that he had, had with Golovkin, in which you, Willow, were in attendance, and Janelle also. Um, if I was to give a grade on the performance of Danny Jacobs, I'd give him a solid B+, plus, man. I'll give him a solid B plus. Um, uh, I almost would give him an A minus. I would almost give him an A minus. But given the fact that it was a, a man who was uh, rather comfortable with him in the 300-some-odd rounds that they had, um, maybe he uh, should have known about a certain weakness and exploited it even more so than he did during that fight while in my opinion taking over a big portion of that fight and and, and collecting those rounds up he didn't get the knockout but he did a damn good job in doing what he did to pick up the W Uh, Willa your thoughts on this fight because I believe you thought or you had Jacobs losing this fight in 8 rounds Um, but hey Danny Jacobs continues to impress the boxing world because we all know that Dervichenko was a, I mean, anybody who's anybody, as I mentioned before this fight had happened on the previous show that you had, well, this is the fighting man's fight. This is the boxing fans fight that probably won't carry over with any significance to a lot of the casual fan base. Who the fuck is Dervichenko? Who's Danny Jacobs? Oh, Danny Jacobs, he's that one guy who survived cancer and he had that fight with Triple G, but he got knocked down by Triple G, so he lost to Triple G. A lot of the people would have that kind of perspective of this fight. But for the real hardcore fan base, this is a damn good fight that you couldn't miss. Um, now, uh, fortunately for, unfortunately for me, I wasn't able to watch it live, and I, I didn't have that same uh, feeling as you have when you watch a live fight. Um, I had to watch, watch it the next day with the festivities going on on Saturday night. So whatever, whatever. But Willa, your thoughts on this fight? Danny Jacobs must have did something to impress you a little bit because you thought that he would have took the L on this one, but instead he picks up the W, the strap, and now has a foreseeable future of looking at a possible fight with your man, Canelo Alvarez. Oh, yes. Hey, um, it was an excellent fight, like we all predicted. Uh, 
two warriors going into the ring uh, to fight for the belt that Triple G decided to go ahead and give up rather than uh, face uh, Dervinchenko. Um, Jacobs dropped him in the first. Jacobs got wobbled in the second or third. Um, Dervinchenko sort of took over in the middle. Jacobs took over at the end. Uh, I had Jacobs winning the fight, um, thinking that he needed that last round to just sew it up, and he did. So, uh, you know, I had him winning the fight. He he won a majority of the rounds, at least half the rounds were his, and he got the knockdown. Uh, excellent fight. Jacobs did what he um, what he showed he can do against Triple G is uh, have that second gear um, against those last two guys. He didn't seem to show that, but again, these were guys that were sort of whack, so you know he couldn't sleep them, and he couldn't sleep this guy. But he looked re- he looked good, and he looked like uh, he looked strong at the end. Uh, Dermachenko sort of faded away. Um, Jacobs was getting hit. Besides the uh, besides the one, and I think it, maybe the second or the third. You know, he was been able to eat them. Both guys, he was uh, getting Dermachenko with some big shots. Excellent fight. Uh, it was it was it was really a pretty good fight. So uh, I give. Uh, I'm with you. I'm giving him a B plus, probably about an 88, 89. Uh, pretty close to an A. He looked good out there. Called out the big dog, the top dog. But as we see. When you go over to the the zone, unless you're uh, unless you're trying to, unless you don't have a belt, you're not you're not gonna fight anybody of any importance. I think um, as much as I love Canelo, uh, he's fighting the bum now. If he fights the winner of uh, Gabriel Rosado, whatever the other guy's name is, uh, I'm gonna be very you? disappointed. Yeah, very disappointed, and I can see I can see that happening. Um, just like I hear Joshua uh, might fight <clears throat> the winner of Chisora, uh White, then fight uh, maybe Pulev or something like that is is what the word is on the street. So, you know, um, Danny Jacobs, he, he doesn't have anything. I, I wouldn't be looking forward to that fight. If I'm Canelo, he's one of the last guys that, that Canelo's going to fight if he fights anybody of any importance. So, uh, you know, he should be looking for these young dogs to, you know, just solidify that he's the best in the game, um, you know, like Charlo, uh, Andrade. Those are the only guys he's going to be able to fight. So I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah, be worried about the big dog right now, Jacobs. Uh, yeah, you know, you got to get your just weight to, up. Just to, just to give your man some credit real quick, Will, or maybe give him benefit of the doubt, I should say, instead of credit. Uh, for DAZN, you know, at least they got Danny Jacobs and uh, and Boo Boo Andre too. So those are two top competitors that could, you know, possibly potentially get in the mix with Canelo. That I think I think pretty acceptable for all the hardcore fans who want to see Canelo fight somebody good. But uh, go and continue. I don't I don't mean to break it up or nothing like that's that. It. But just a just a little put it that's out there. That's if he you fights know. them. Yeah, that's if he fights them. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, Jacobs. I mean, not Jacobs. Uh. What's the what's Joshua isn't fighting anybody, so we see how these guys get cuddled over there. But so yeah. we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we we're used to that though. We're used to that. 
Yeah, so as far as the uh you know, as far as the fight went, excellent fight. Both guys came out looking good. Um I don't like I said, I don't know. Split decision, I guess I could maybe see that, but not really. Uh Jacobs won, good fight. So we'll see what he can do. Next, he's uh, got one defense. Well, he'll have to defend his title. Got the title. Let's see how he defends it. So, good job for Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, man. I'm I'm with you on that. Um, hey, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it's called a split decision victory, even though I see it as a unanimous victory, and I called it to be a unanimous unanimous victory. Um, but I'm still giving him a B plus, you know, because I, I I'm. I hate surprises, but at the same time, yeah, I like a surprise as much as the next guy. I expect this fucking guy to win, but if he goes in there and knocks his ass out, or let's say he drops him three times in the first round or some shit like that, um, yeah, I'd love that. And then that's when he'd be able to get an A um, over for me. So uh, just being fair and impartial, I'm a very big Danny Jacobs fan uh, of him in and outside the ring for obvious reasons. And um, regardless of if he executed the game plan, as I, as I expected him to do, I'm not going to say as I seen him to do. I don't foresee the shit. I'm not a Nostradamus. I just, from just adding, um, adding everything up, dotting my I's and crossing the T's, I expected this, but I'm not going to give him an A just because of it. Um, you know, so I give him a B plus, and I think we're on the same page for that one. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's take it to Janelle and see how he thinks about this fight because I know you said he's rocking with us. So, uh, Janelle, if you are with us, what's good? Good, sir. How you doing on this Monday, my man? It was crack-a-lacking. Well, first of all, oh, man, just, just big well, chill. Yeah. That Julie Letterman, she needs to go. She needs to go. I mean, it's not the first fight where she does some crazy shit. I mean, she needs to go. She needs to fucking get get booted off. Yeah. That's what possibly fucking up scores of time, but she needs to go. Yeah, I mean, that, that bro, something's wrong with that bro. Uh, as for the, it went exactly how I called it last week. I, I said it was going to be a tough fight for Dane Jacobs. I, I, I said it wouldn't have been easy. It's a reason why Triple G ref- uh, uh, refused to fight the guy at this point in his career. Because, you know what I'm saying? He yep. Triple G that work. And now you get Triple G that work. And you did, anybody... and you did, call, a split, and you did call a split decision to your credit uh, because I called unanimous. But you called it right now with the split. So, um, tip my cap to you, good sir. Go well, ahead. you should have got the um, uh, uh, the proper I – mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the proper call was unanimous. I mean, I mean that was like – I thought they just about to get robbed. I thought he was about to get robbed in his own town when I heard that. Seems like they score, tried bro. to, right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I thought. I, mean, I thought I wouldn't have been surprised because Dane Jacobs is like the boogeyman right now at 160. A lot of guys don't want to fight him. You know what I'm saying? I think Willard uh, doesn't like him is because he punked his boy Charlo because Charlo was talking smack, and then when he got some Charlo's face, Charlo backed down like a sucker. You know, he made Ace Town look horrible that day. <laughs> hey, Willard can't deny that. Willard can't even deny it. But you know, so I thought it was trying to like uh, uh, protect the division by giving the victory to Dermatico because it would have, you know, it would have, it would have saved, it would have, uh, it would have uh, protected uh, both Canelo, Triple G, and Charlo. So I thought he was about to get robbed. I really thought he was about to get robbed. I yeah. thought it was coming. But yeah, uh, hey. it was looking like that for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, hey, but I mean, I mean, it was a good night of boxing. I wish I would have went to that fight. Something told me to go to that fight because it was right down there in the garden. Something told me to go, but, you know, I just chose to. You now, Gus the drove two hours. It wouldn't have been a problem. I really should have went. And I, and, and I regret it because that was 12, yeah. was 12 rounds. Of, 
of hellacious you know, action. That's what you want to see. You know, Janelle, I got to ask you, um, being that you're a competitor yourself when it comes to the combat sports game in itself, um, I was looking into this fight with a little bit of a skeptical uh, perspective, I guess you could say, because I was like, okay, let's see if Jacob surprises him with something that he hasn't seen before or vice versa for Sergey Dervachenko. Maybe he could surprise him with something he hasn't shown before. Because um, when you're in a fight with significance like this for a title um, and you're working with a stable mate that you've had a whole lot of rounds with together and worked together and, that was and a hell of a lot of respect for oh, each both other. Both guys knew each other pretty well. And, he, and you saw it in that fight. You saw it in that fight. I clearly did, saw it but in that did you see or expect any sort of wrinkles from both fighters? And, and, and if you were in a fight in the same side, sort of, not necessarily magnitude, or we could put it on that level if you'd like. But when you're with a guy like that, are you gonna and you you've been comfortable with him in, in, in rounds and all that? Are you probably gonna try and bring out bring out something that you got in your in your back pocket sooner rather than later, just to try to well, offset the, well, the, the level of comfort that they both had for each other. I mean, what I saw is that both guys knew each other had good power, and they was very mindful and very respectful of each other's power. But I saw Dermachenko like uh, he saw how. Uh, uh, Jacobs was always backing up his guard, which he always does. Even when Triple G caught him in the um, um, that fight and dropped him, he was like backing up his guard. He does that jab to the uh, most. Uh, most athletic guys would back up with their hands. Now, Ali did it a lot. Roy Jones in his prime, even Floyd does it at times. You know what I mean? And Demarcio saw that. I think he knew that too because going into that fight, and whenever he would back up his guard down, he'll he'll step up and just swing some power shots. At times he was catching. At times I was, I was like, dang, he might get dropped. He might get dropped. But uh, kudos, Jacobs not dropping. But he saw how he was pulling yeah, his guards yeah. down, or pulling back with his guards down. And most athletic guys do that. So it's not just him. And so all the athletic guys you can name, Ali, Roy Jones, they all did it. Jab Judah, they all did it at times. You know what I mean? It's because they were so athletic so they can get away with it. But as you know, Ali got caught by Frazier in the garden. Uh, Triple G caught Jacobs in the garden with the same exact thing, backing up with his hands down. He does it a lot. He does it a lot. And that's one of the fundamental flaws I see in him, that he that, – I don't think he's going to get correct at this point in his career. I don't think he's going to change it. It's just something that's always going to be there, and somebody has to uh, take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I feel you, man. I feel you. I was just looking at it like if I was in the same position as Jacobs or Dervachenko, I'd be like, well, you know, he, he knows when I like to switch up, going southpaw or whatever, uh, as we've seen Jacobs do in the fight. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I thought that I would like that to fight. – yeah, that's some of the things I was looking at. That's what little some of the things I was trying to look at, like a, a different pace or a different something different opposed to the last few fights of Danny Jacobs because, you know, you're going against a guy who knows you so well and, as you, as you mentioned, has respect for his power. You might want to throw him a little curveball earlier in the fight than you would want to do opposed to being later in the fight. Well, early in the fight, guys are still fresh because they don't want to get, get caught with each other's power early in the fight. You know what I mean? But, there I mean was, it seem, but it didn't seem to me like there was a much of a filling out process. They went straight to work, you know? No, no. I, I, I saw a filling out process. I saw, I saw it. I saw it. I know Jacobs dropped him early, but still, I saw that filling out process. And both guys were very respectful of each other. I, mean, I saw well, it. Come that third really... and fourth round. Th- come that third and fourth round, it was getting pretty dangerous in the pocket. I'm surprised both guys were able to get, it, get out of there unscathed at times because they were throwing some bombs. They're throwing some bombs. It wasn't no, I mean, 
I mean, uh, a heavyweight level of Bosworth. There were some dangerous well, punches coming in a close, in a close, in a close spot. Well, you know, still not so, uh, a few rounds. They didn't go that many rounds. You know what I mean, no, right on, right, definitely, definitely. Uh, that that's just how I I think that when it comes to a certain, because uh, I mean, if you look at them afterwards, um, a, a lot of respect for each other in the same uh, same locker room, shaking hands and all that good stuff. And Jacobs is, you know, looking at his belt and all that good stuff. Hey, look, man, this is just me. We'll be cool, but if you beat my ass and, and, and get a strap at the same time, I'm not gonna be kicking it with you and clapping for you when you're looking at a, looking at that belt in the mirror that I could have got. I'm gonna shake your hand and be like, "Hi, right, I'll see you at the gym on Monday. I'm out." <laughs> you if know you look I mean? on my Facebook, if you look at my Facebook page, there was fights that I had. Where I gave guys black eyes and they took a picture with me afterwards. I was like, I'm in my mind thinking like, "Why would you want a picture with me if I just gave you a black eye?" <laughs> it's just like. I understand right, what right. you mean, though. That's man. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, look, man, I'll give you your dad, and we'll be cool, handshake and all that good stuff, but I'm gone. I'm not going to hang out and watch you put on your belt and look at yourself in the mirror. And I get it, Danny Jacobs is a feel-good story and all that good stuff. I love the guy, but still, you know, at the end of the day, this is a, a very athletic competition with guys with a lot of uh, alpha mentalities and, and so forth. So that was, uh, I mean, not odd to me, I guess, you know, Russian dude and uh, showing his respect. Hell. Vladimir Klitschko had to stay in the ring when Black Tyson Fury was singing that fucking. I know it wasn't Sweet Caroline. I forget what song it was. He was singing afterwards though. I'm not. Sit, I'm not standing there dealing with that shit. That's just me. But um, no. On on a on a, a performance level moving forward, I think that uh, following up from this one, Janelle, um, we're talking about Jacobs and Canelo possibly it's moving forward. Do you think that one happens? No, you don't it's think it's not it happening. I don't think it's happening. Why not? Um. Both guys uh, Canelo, under the same umbrella now. I understand that, but hey, Canelo got a lot of power over De La Hoya in this corner, uh, on his, uh, by his side. Um, he could avoid who he want to avoid. That that height, that left. Are you starting calling a duck? Absolutely, man, man. He doesn't want to fight another guy like who can move like Laura again. You know, I, I, I think Jacobs will embarrass him even more than what Laura did. I think he'll embarrass him. He'll embarrass him. Jacob's very good, man. I, I mean, I'm, I don't think he'll I'm knock Canelo off. Canelo proven he got an iron chin. He has an iron chin. I don't think he'll knock him out. I think he'll go distance. He definitely has but, a great like, chin. Saying, I think uh, uh, Jacob's will be too much. Uh, too much height, too much reach. Uh, Charlo's not going to fight him. Triple G's not fighting him again. Trust me. I mean, I mean, I mean he might as well go to 168. That's the only way he'll get another big fight. Because Billy Hosanna's ain't going to fight him either. Billy Joe. It's not happening. Well, Blaine Willard forgot me calling him Billy Ho. Right. Yeah, Blaine Willard for that. <laughs> right, Willard. Willard, anything you want to uh, Hey, but Willard put the proper said. Hey, the way Willard said it, the way Willard said it, though, that's just funny as hell. He's, you know I mean? yeah, he's, he's stuffing that he's, shit. He's good with that. He's good with that. I wish I, I, I'll, be, I'll try to pull one off if I got to pull off a Texas man accent. But, <laughs> Willard, anything you want to say following up with Janelle's comments before we uh, move along to the next topic here, sir? No, sometimes. Yeah, I you know. wish I dropped the call. No, Janelle called it. Hey, man, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Hey, Jacobs looked good. You know, we didn't see it his last two fights. He came back. He looked good this fight. Um, he, like I said, I also agree with Janelle on Canelo as a fight. No, um, that doesn't even really make sense at this point. They're not going to do that. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to have to fight maybe Andrade or Canelo. We'll see. I mean, not Canelo or, uh, or uh, Charlo. Uh, you're talking about so, uh, Arias or, or Billy Ho. Some other shit. 
Yeah, that's who. No, that's who Canelo's gonna fight. I mean, that's what the word is. He might be fighting Rosado, uh, winner Rosado versus uh, Rizas or Arias, whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. So. yeah well, Rosado and Arias. Yeah, well, Rosado and Arias, they both ten, they both bet ten racks on it. So, uh, we'll see. I think Rosado's a little bit fast, but might be a bomb off. I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. really. I'm not really worried about that one. So. So Jacobs, he, you know, we'll see what Jacobs can do. Um, Billy Joe Saunders is gonna have to, or Billy Ho is gonna have to uh, use Roy's Joe, as we see right, to make any time. any big any big fights. So he, he's right, out the picture. On, don't do that. Oh yeah, he don't lost. His, that, I mean, no, he lost his belt. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. So he's gone. He lost his belt anyway. So, so yeah, we'll see if he fights Andrade to uh, to unify or. Uh, Charlo to get a, a, a big fight, but besides that, we, we've got to see. Yeah, we definitely got to see if Canelo can stay away from that Kanye Asada place that Julio Cesar Chavez has been eating at all of a sudden. And if I say one uh, thing also, ahead, if I can say one thing, of course, the Jacobs, his last three opponents were all unbeaten guys. Take and, and take that into account also. He fought, he fought three solid opponents back to back to back. I think he deserves a lot of credit right now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, Willa. Because no. people want to give, they want to take away Wait, credit no. from the guy. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, man. You know, people want to take away credit from Jacobs, but he, yeah, let's not forget he's beaten undefeated fighters. I mean, hey, because he ain't knocking them out. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes you end up with world class competition, and it ain't gonna be that goddamn easy, especially moving up and and weight and comp in in a level of comp, essentially. But hey. You know, I, I give him credit for everything he's done. I've not given him a performances as some I would like to expect, but getting the job done is getting the job done. Vladimir Klitschko got his job done for 11 years while putting people to sleep. But success brings in them checks, right? Yeah, Vlad was putting bums to sleep. Uh, Jacobs is going 24 oh, rounds. Cool. He just he gave us what 30 36 rounds. You know, you you know Jacobs ain't knocking nobody out. He'll give you. The, your, your money's worth. So, hey, good fight though. I, I can't hate on him. He did what he needed to do against a great opponent. <clears throat> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. All right, well, moving along, fellas, let's take it to the undercard that was on that fight because body, body. You know, I love me. I love to see me a, a Puerto Rican man succeed in this in this fight game um, for 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 obvious reasons, but from the the right way. I like to see him get things done without having any 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 stains in the shadows and things like that. But let's talk about quick work. I mean, undercard that only lasted a round with Alberto Machado getting in there and really taking care of uh taking care of Mr. Evans, whose record was twenty and one. I'm not gonna butcher the first so that's not happening. But that was for the WBA World Super Featherweight title that only lasted the one round that it did. I mean, um Hey, Machado really put in some work. And um, for what it was worth, who wouldn't want to see that? Now, sometimes I would think that the referee needs to let that shit go a little earlier than seeing the guy go out, but I think he might have called it around the right time. Um, Willa, you're uh, here with us, so hang on. We'll get to you right next because we just covered with the uh, Jacobs talking. I know you might have something to say on that. So, uh, Willa, before we uh, go to Simon Janelle on this one, for the one round it was worth. What was your thoughts on the performance of the explosive Alberto Machado? 
Oh, Machado looked good against the, uh, a little dude. I don't know if he's tall or the other guy's little. It's hard to tell when the when those guys are just so small. But, you know, he gave him that uh, good left hand, oh, uh, straight left hand a couple of times, slept that boy, had him a little woozy. So, you know, good little fight uh, for that guy. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do when you get on TV, showcase it, you knock a bum out, and uh, on to the next one. Get people to know your name. So, And I guess he picked up a belt. So that was good. Good look for him. Good look for Puerto Rico. Hot dubs, hot dubs, hot dubs. I like it. Um, you said Simes with us? Let's take it a time. I haven't talked to that guy in a while, but he's been calling and hanging up. And if I don't know if you guys remember, that used to be on Chappelle's show, When Keeping It Real Goes Wrong. I don't like people playing on my phone, calling and hanging up. But that's beyond the point. Let's take it to Seattle Slime, see what he's talking about, because I know that he was a little on the fence when it comes to Sergey Devachenko and Danny Jacobs. I don't know who he had rocking with on this one, but it's about Jacobs and Devachenko for starters, and you can touch on the Machado first-round easy work that was defined on Saturday night against Evans. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, man? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, good fights, man. Good fights, you know, uh, I mean, Machado, I mean, I, I got to see a little bit more from Machado. I mean, he's been in a few, like, showcase fights lately. The last one he had, he hurt the guy. Forget the guy's name. He hurt the guy. I believe he dropped him a few times, too. But, he, you know, he just, he didn't have the deceptive attack to finish him. You know, and the fight ended up going to decision. I forget who it was. And... You know, last night, you know, I mean, he fought a guy moving up in weight, smaller guy. He's a big dude at 130. And, you know, he got him out of there. And it looks good on your record. It looks good to the the casuals and the people that just, you know, get up on fighters that knock out lesser competition, you know, or certain styles that will make them look good. I mean, fans just have this uh-huh. – like, boxing fans can watch yeah. boxing for, like – 20 years and still get fall for the same trap. But that's a whole different discussion. But, yeah, yeah. Rafael um, Mensa, by the way, the gentleman you're talking about, because I'll never forget that last name in Spanish was like, I mean, Mensa, stupid bitch. So <laughs> that, was a, that was a funny part. But that's what you're talking about, uh, the 12 rounder that he just recently had. But yeah, we already know some uh, people tend to fall for the same traps. So I got you. Yeah, you know, as far as Jacob's fight, you know, um, you know, I thought he was going to win. I knew it wasn't going to be easy just because of the familiarity they have with each other. And Derbachenko has, you know, real pedigree. You know what I mean? And um, I knew he was going to bring it, and he was hungry. I mean, he had never made no money yet. He was fighting for his first world title. I knew it was going to be a, um, you know, tough fight, and it was. But Jacobs, you know, clearly won to me, 116-111. Um, the rounds were very competitive except for the first one. Um, but I thought Jacobs clearly won. The Letterman scorecard was a little fishy. Um, I have my theories on that, but I'll speak on it another time. Um, <laughs> as far as, uh, as far as you know, you know, Jacobs just proved to me what I've always felt about Jacobs, which is he fights to to the level of his like competition. Like he his he looks his best against his best opponent, and then. He'll look a little subpar or not as good, whatever you want to say, against guys he's supposed to beat or 
you know what I mean, like showcase, whatever you want to say, because Peter Quillen was one of his best opponents, took him out in one round. Golovkin, I thought he beat him. And then last, and then, you know, Saturday night, he beat Derevchenko, and he looked great. And then, you know, he looked great. And it, it was a good fight. And he actually, you know, I thought he, I thought he, once the second half hit, I thought he took over. But then in the last two to three rounds, I thought he stood there a little bit with Derevchenko, and it could have got dangerous when it didn't need to be. You know what I mean? It's like fans want to have it both ways when, you know, when Keith Thurman is up by, by I don't know how many rounds, but countless amount of rounds against Garcia, and his trainer tells him to, you know, just, you know, coast and, you know, because you got this one punch, then people want to criticize. But if Jacobs would have got dropped or knocked out, uh, people would have said, why did he do that? You know, he, he took control of the fight. So, you know, people are going to – people are just going to say things regardless. But, you know, some of the things I've read and heard people say, criticize, I mean, critiquing the performance, you know, certain crowd was talking about how he was backing up a lot and stuff, but those those same people had no problem with Golovkin backing up all night against uh, Canelo and not doing as good of a job of it, not being as slick, not being as versatile, defense not on not as on, on point. But, hey, we know what it is with that. But, do, you got um, a, do you got a theory on why that critique comes on a certain fighter opposed to another time? Um, uh, I, oh, I, I do. I got a lot of theories. But, you know, that, that's not something I feel like speaking on right now. But when it comes to um, – uh, Okay. When it, comes to, when it comes to what's next for Jacob, you know, uh, you know I mean, maybe the, the – Hearn is talking like the Canelo fight's going to happen next. We'll see. You know, he is a he's a network free agent. There's an article online um, with uh, a, a boxing scene with his manager, and his manager was kind of like, "Yeah, you know, we're figuring it out, and we, we we might, you know, we might go to Showtime, we might go to the Zone, we might go to." Um, he was even saying he's like, HBO might even be interested in maybe if Canelo wants to fight, that they fight on them two fight on HBO next because. People forget when HBO announced that they were out of boxing, they were talking about regular programs. They're still interested in big fights if they're possible. So he said that, and then, he, you know, he just said, uh, you know, they're, they're ready for anybody. They're not, you know, they obviously would want Canelo because of the money, but the fight that it sounds like they really want is Charlo. They said they'll go to Fox or Showtime, and they want to fight Simba. And... I mean, you know, I already, you know, Simba's you another example. Simba, you know, you know, Simba's another example of a guy that, you know, you know, knocked out, a, you know, lesser guys, and everybody just starts thinking he's a killer. But when he was in there with Austin Trout, came no, didn't come close to killing nothing. But I mean, hopefully, you know, after this fight with Willie Monroe, uh, Charlo will step up to the plate because I'm telling you right now. If Charlo don't get his stuff together soon, work on that defense, it's going to be a lot easier fight than people think. You know, people people think he's going to just jab, jab, and throw the right hand all night. Okay, try that. Try that, man. Try, try fighting Jacobs with no versatility. See what happens, man. Try try not to be deceptive with your attack and see what happens. You know? But, hey, I know that the Charlo train is rolling right now, so everybody's going to sit there and say he's going to go in there and knock out Jacobs. But, you know, 
Triple G couldn't knock out Jacob. Peter Quillen got taken out in one, who was the favorite in that fight, people forget. And then Darryl Vachenko couldn't stop him either. But now Charlo's going to come and stop him, even though he couldn't stop his best opponent at 54. Actually, his best opponent in his career, which is Austin Trout. So good luck with that. But hopefully it happens next, early in 2019. They said they'll be ready for that. And uh, I'm ready to uh, take any bets with anybody, man. Jacobs will beat Charlo. You, wow. you, you, wow. So you, you actually you, think, you, it's gonna you think it's going to happen? No, I'm saying it's possible. They they, they, they basically said they're open for anything. They, they're open for Canelo. They're open for Charlo. Um, they're open for... I'm just at the point where I, I think it's probably a, a fight that's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm not looking at it as being a real possibility. That's just me, though. But why do you think it's not going to happen? For many reasons, yeah. I mean, for one, the 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 tradition of, I mean, tw- I mean, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, uh, twenty uh, seventeen, so long ago. That's when we had most of the best fights, and and not getting much this year just doesn't leave me much hope for fights like that to happen in the foreseeable future. I don't think that it would happen for uh, uh, a couple reasons, but um, you know, hopefully it does. Though I hope it does, but I just I, for me, I don't see it happening. Um, for maybe it being the um, well-advised reasons why not from the, the, the young lion side, but I could be wrong. And if I'm proven wrong, hey, uh, I'd, I'd love to be wrong on this one because that's a fight I would love to see that it's damn sure the fight fans fight when it comes to a Jacobs fight with uh, Big Mel Charlo or Ma- Maul Charlo, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever, make the fights. I don't care. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm just saying who I think would win. I don't care who wins. I just want to see the fights that goes for that fight, that goes for any fight. You know, a lot of people these days make excuses for fighters that they like not try to make fights, you know. I just want to see it happen. And, and, uh, you know, I'll just, just, you know, I got to, you know, I got to, I just came on here real quick. You know, I'm driving right now and I'm just taking care of some stuff. But I just got to say that uh, Charlo parties too much to beat Danny Jacobs. (laughs) So I'll leave it with I'll leave that with you know for you guys to uh, you know think about because I, like I said I know the Char- Charlo train is rolling right now but um, you can't keep consistently having long nights man and expect to be a guy like Jacobs man who's a true professional so we'll see. All right, all right, I like that. I like that. Ever since we first. Uh, encountered one another about 2015, 2014, maybe 13. I'm not sure. Might have been 14 if I put my bank on it. You've always been the one to go left when everybody else is going right. So uh, just to put it in that perspective. So if if you think you're on to something else, son, you are going to get credit for it if it happens. But pretty sure people right now are leaning towards the younger, more athletic more bright side of the fighter that's moving forward. I mean, shit, you know, when you talk about Maul Charlo, just search Future of Boxing on Instagram, and that's how you'll follow him. Um, so I think that I know what you mean when you say that the Charlo hype train is rolling, because I think that's what you're going at. But I'd love to see the fight. I just have a hard time seeing it uh, actually being a possibility of having. But that's just me. Willa, um yeah, I'm really going out there right now, uh, making some crazy claims. I mean, you had uh, Janelle come on, talk about 
your man Jacob or your man Jamal got punked by Jacob. Seems like they're throwing some shade over here at the Lions when it comes to the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, fam. That doesn't surprise me much, to be honest with you. Anything you want to follow up with before we move on to the um, special edition of something I got moving forward after this? Well. And Janelle, I know you're still with us right now. So, uh, hold on. We got something. No, my bad. I got something. Yeah, so. I got something coming up. Well, go ahead. Right away. Yeah, Jacobs uh, was getting hit all night with right hands. Um, So, we'll see how if he's going to be able to eat those like he was eating the uh, the Russian guy. So, that's all I got to say. I mean, we just got to see. Seeing is believing. So, that's what we'll do. No, that's a bet. That's a bet. That's a bet. Now, um, you know, well, moving along, because we, we, we know how this one's going to go. We could just go back and forth with each other. And, I, I mean, those days, when I talk about when we first met with Seattle Slime and when I first clicked up with you, when they would take it to the southern portion of the map before they introduced Willa, as one whole sugar green so eloquently did, and which was the, the detective that let me know my man's coming on, my tag team partner. That's how I knew that was. But that's one quick up with Joe Burger now, all that good stuff from those days. But kind of just um, with, with everything that's going on in, in the new portion of boxing, it seems like, because, uh, you know, for, for, for a little while it was just one female fighter, another one, and next thing you know, uh, Ronda Rousey, um, you know, experiment for the UFC turned into a a global phenomenon. And boxing is picking up on this um, with the female division moving forward. Uh, As we all know about Clarissa Shields, uh, we know about Christina Hammer fight that is supposed to come on. should have been happening, but... um, Due to some other reasons, we'll talk about it another time. I did it, but um, you got the female division moving up in the sport. McKenna Mayer being the first female of a top rank promotion, also getting her uh, sixth fight of the year, I believe, coming up in Texas actually in December. We'll get to that one at another time as well. But one fighter that I never really mentioned moving forward. Um, that I, I kept an eye on um, was uh, Heather Hardy. Now, Heather, a.k.a. the Heat Hardy, is probably most recognized for a very gruesome, bloody image of herself in the octagon of Bellator in which she took a shin right to the nose. Um, now... Heather Hardy is a, a, you know, if we're looking at it from a boxing standpoint, um, pretty good fighter. Undefeated record, 22-0, only four defeats, or um, four knockouts, I should say, not defeats, excuse me, and knockouts. But, um, you know, um, 36 years of age, in the game for a little bit, had a fight for the Bankett WBO 
world female featherweight title in her second fight with Shelly Vincent, who Shelly Vincent, uh, honestly to me, looked like a darker Takashi 6'9 with a mohawk-looking type of a fighter. And Look, I, I respect females as much as anyone. I'm the reason that there is this new RC's boxing women's evolution segment coming because I'm keeping an eye on all the females that are boxing in the game. Shout out to Carmen Vargas in Houston, Texas. Now, this fight that had happened, rematch, second fight, went 10 rounds, and already picked up the dub and the strap. Um, pretty good little move for HBO, other than the fact that the standout besides the outcome of the fight or the press conference of the fight in which Heather Hardy had herself a very uh, good-looking image, for starters, and the way into the fight was the fact that when <laughs> I, I mentioned the look of Takashi 6'9", with the hair and all that. But Shelly Vincent, uh, she uh, had an interesting fact that was brought up. Um, it was a, a, a fact that was brought up that she's been uh, arrested three times for some sort of aggravated assault put on the stat sheet of, you know, how sometimes when a fighter comes out, they have notable wins or things of that nature. They decided to put that one up right there. That's how you know HBO don't give a fuck about what's going on <laughs> in boxing. And they're like, you know, we're out the door, so let's just let's just put this out here real quick and get out of here and uh, leave it at that beat since this one. Um, we're already in the end of October. We got until December. I thought that was the funniest part of it all was uh, that stat being put up. But shout-out to Heather Hardy. Uh, Much respect to her as a woman who is working both mixed martial arts uh, and boxing. I just think that uh, a a good shout-out was given for her on this show because uh, the the image that's put out there and, you know, for lack of a better term, the balls that was um, (laughs) from from my standpoint, in a fight to where she really had no quit in her from when we're talking about that gruesome image of a of a broken nose um, and just a full front body full of blood, um, to still have that dog in her and try to continue fighting where the referee's forced to stop it, I give that a little bit. Of, I, I mean, not a little bit. I give that credit uh, from the bottom of my heart. And um, as a, a of a competitor standpoint, I've seen men quit with a lot less damage taken, who just wanted to get the fuck out of there. But for her to continue in this brutal sport, whether they're letting the legs go or no, I tell my cap to picking up that strap uh, 100% and um, want to uh, uh, give her, a, 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 if, I, if I could, give her a congratulatory, a congratulatory Vodka Red Bull or something of that nature. My treat. <laughs> you know? But, Willa, um, I don't know. I sent you the link to this fight. Um, I, I don't know if you got a chance to check it out. But I think that Heather Hardy 
uh, definitely had a really good performance, man. And, um, and, and, and not only that, I don't know if you've ever seen, it was, she was that white lady who had her nose completely busted in one of the most ugliest uh, uh, pictures of a of female fighting that I think, uh, which somewhat turns people away from female combat sports, seeing a, a woman, whether it's, you know, a dime piece or not, just um, uh, being that gruesomely bloody. Uh, it's not it's not a great sight, but um, if you got any comments you'd like to speak on that one before we get to uh, the next subject here, Willa. And also you, Janelle. If you are, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to check it out and know what I'm talking about, but we'll get it right back to you too, though. But uh, I don't know if Will is having some technical difficulties right now or if he's just a little tied up right now or whatever, whatever. So, Janelle, you still with me right now, my man? No, nah, uh, it's this thing. So, yeah, is that the chick oh. with the, uh, okay. That, okay. that wore the bikini that one time on the way in, right? Yeah. the glasses? Sir. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, she she's looking good. I saw the fight. uh well, I saw a little bit of the fight, and I I think a couple of weeks ago there was some some chick fighting. Also, we never we didn't talk about her, so they're they're making a, a good push for uh you know for women's boxing right now. Um, seems like everybody's at least opening up with one, if it's not a, a little further up on the card. So everybody's you know on this wave. So we'll see how far it can go. Uh, yeah, they were out there just squabbing. It was just a a squab. Both both these chicks weren't punching hard enough to get the other one out, so they were just hitting each other in the face. So it was a good little fight. Um, I don't know what belt she won, some kind of pink strap. Uh, but you know, it was good for women's boxing, I guess. I mean, it didn't really look. It, it was wasn't. A, uh, it wasn't it was like a WBO, girl. It was a. It was a featherweight. It was a WBO uh, world female featherweight title. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's a, uh, okay, yeah. So they weren't like uh, Michaela Mayer or Shields, and they're throwing well, really Mayer like throwing precise punches. You know, she oh, looked no, all right. No, no, no. Her, yeah, no. her hands were low. She was just getting tagged in the face, tagging the other girl. That was very, very butch in there. You know, they were boxing in there though, <laughs> almost boxing like men. <laughs> you know, at one point the yeah. one chick was on the ropes, hit her with a hook. Yeah, they was going hard, just just punching each other in the face. So it was very exciting. It was a very good. It, yeah. it was a very good card of boxing. Yeah, good point. Good point. Because I didn't get to mention that part, but you were right on point with that one. It was more of a rock'em sock'em type of a fight where both females were. They were throwing hands. They got some history with each other, so yeah, they were throwing some hands. And I mean, at the weigh-in, it, it got. I mean, the face-off it got a little intense for a second, but but yeah, it was a. Uh, I think that I think that was a. Uh, people could look at a different a different way from the female fighting perspective, whether it's going to be great te- technique, skills, and 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 form. Uh, opposed to a fight that they probably would boxing fans would probably like a Heather Hardy style fight when it comes to the men because it seems like that's the uh, you know um, Orlando Salido type of a fighting style um, when it comes to just a fight in itself rock'em sock'em style instead of a tech one where you know it seems like sometimes it turns fans away in which uh, they kind of go to the other a barroom brawl style of UFC in which I think that the fight that we're talking about is that's what kind of style it was a little bit of a, a rough rugged fight with both females taking some pops and um, none really having enough power to, 
really make significance in the fight or 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 put him down or anything like that. But yeah, it was an entertaining fight, uh, nonetheless. Like I said, I watched it the next day, and um, I've been following Heather Hardy for a while um, at Heather the Heat uh, Hardy on on Instagram and Twitter, and um, it, it's just interesting to see where this one's going because I know that um, Michaela Mayer had just recently did a, a podcast with Ariel Aureli, the guy uh, uh, who's a news writer and news uh, uh, journalist for the uh, UFC, um, a guy who's, you know, if you just search him up on Twitter or, or Instagram or, or, or YouTube, a guy who, you know, Dana White <laughs> gives him a little bit of rough treatment sometimes but or, or, or bans him certain events and all that shit, whatever, it don't matter. But, um, yeah, the women's uh, evolution in boxing seems to be moving, so... Uh, <clears throat> You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes and, and things that are uh, popping on uh, for the foreseeable future. But a, a good respect and uh, tip of the cap to one, Heather the Heat Hardy. Uh, Willa, uh, what, you didn't touch on one thing that I asked you at, towards the end of that two-part question, I guess it was. That's my mistake by not uh, following up on it. But um, did you ever see the image of Heather Hardy when she was in the uh, octagon that kind of went glo- It went viral. It went viral from not just from the – okay, I'm a fan of combat sports, so I see certain news. It was on news. Like, my mom hit me up one time when that fight had happened. Did you see that girl that was fighting? Uh, it was boxing, though, but she was in the octagon. And, I mean, she had took a kick to the face, to right to the nose, like shin on nose, one hundo. And it was a gruesome, gruesome picture of a female fighter. And for her to continuously move along and, and even want to get back in there. Uh, that's a tough girl, man. But I don't know if you've seen that because I might have, you know, uh, my leg gave out on me or, or I, my back ain't feeling right after I, if I'm leaking that bad from a shin to the nose. And it, it was an alarming photo. I don't know if you ever got a chance to see that. Oh, no, definitely. I've seen that. And, uh, it just showed you how tough she is because even last night she was getting caught. She would get caught with a three-piece just in the face. Uh, looks like a good hard three-piece from, you know, from a pretty thick, thick uh, butch chick. And she would just, like, <laughs> bob her head, like, suck it up and just keep on coming. So, you know, hey, she's out there fighting. You know what I'm saying? That's probably somebody you don't want to be dating because it's probably crazy. That's somebody <laughs> don't, yeah, you have to box her off. I'm not even hitting into hitting women, man, but something like that, you probably have to give her a piece like, hey, you got to sit down somewhere. So, yeah. No, yeah. she's – hey, that was a good fight, man. And like I said, there was some other girl that fought. Man, I wish I knew her name. Uh, it's messed up. But, you know, she was pretty oh, – you know, know, she was an all right looking I chick. I can't remember her name. Yeah, she was an all right looking chick. And she was uh, – I think she gave some girl to work. I think she – and she also – she looked like she was – she looked better than – at boxing than at uh than um this girl that we're talking about now so I forgot her name but like I said they're pushing women's boxing man uh and I think that's good good for the sport you know especially in this me too oh you yeah know? yeah definitely they they definitely move me too along. movement girls um, can <clears throat> girls can box too yeah yeah women oh for sure Females. yeah it it it's it, 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 uh um. I, I probably had a, would, would like to get a sit down interview with uh, guys that date female boxers because I know there ain't too many go make me a sandwiches going on in them relationships. It's on the other side or the other foot, <laughs> but whatever, whatever. Um, 
uh, yeah. But moving along, man, um, he said Janelle's not with us, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep it pushing. Because I know there's one thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, there wasn't anything that happened. Anyway. No, Janelle is with us. Oh, Janelle's, Janelle's with, still us? with us? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's let's take it to Janelle real quick, see if he's got any comments on this. Um, I know he's in the, in the octagon as well when it comes to the cage instead of the squared circle with the ropes around. And – about well, how my kickboxing matches are in the square yeah. circle. So, well, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But you know what I mean, God damn it, when we're talking about the difference between the UFC and, and boxing, because Heather Hardy, a woman who just picked up a title yes, or on Saturday, sorry, I, I'm thinking it's Sunday still, but picking up the strap on, on Saturday, and not only that, but doing her part as far as, I can see Heather Hardy as being uh, a smart woman when it comes to the promotional aspect because here's not a woman. I'm not trying to say she dresses a certain, like a a, a derogatory type of a statement, but when it comes to the weigh-ins and press conference and things like that, she turns it up a notch, if you know what I'm saying. Puts on the little glasses and stuff like that. Um, um, elderly, uh, I don't want to say elderly. Sound bad. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you're walking on eggshells when it comes to these women. Shit. And I'm gonna keep it real. She's a a, a good looking woman. The glasses do her some good justice. Blonde. And promotional wise, she puts on a good perspective of things, so to speak. But um, Janelle. Um, what I wanted to ask you about this real quick, if you had any of the comments outside of the women's fight that had happened, that if you've seen the image of Heather Hardy when she was in the octagon and took a shin right to the nose and had one of the most gruesomest-looking photos um, of a fighter who wanted to continue, I've seen in recent years, because I've seen men quit in fights, whether it be in the octagon or the ring, who've taken much less damage or punishment opposed to what Heather Hardy took and continuously moving forward and willing to move forward back in the cage after something like that. But you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this woman, Heather Hardy, and that image, correct? Or Oh, definitely. I'm not the image. I mean, I was actually watching the fight. It was on Bellator, correct? I was actually watching Yes, it fight. was. It was on and, Bellator. Uh, and she got her shit rocked. Yeah, I mean, she got her shit rocked, but, like, hey, she's a tough, she's a tough girl, man. And she's a tough girl, man. Yeah, she definitely is. And she was in a fight this last Saturday that had happened on the undercard as well, and televised on the card, um, because Michaela Mayer's last fight, after she was previously televised, was put on uh, ESPN+. Plus. But um, Edda Hardy was on the undercard, had a fight, and picked up a, a vacant title. And um, I think it's good for the sport. And I uh, hope to see a little bit and a lot more of that, actually. So, um, but but kudos to them. Janelle, stick with us. We're going to talk about Jaime Mangia moving along. Willis guy, who and also a guy who I have for 2018 runaway bully of the year. Jaime Mangia looks like he slipped from the cracks of one Oscar De La Hoya. No pun intended when I say cracks and slipping from that. But, hey, Jaime McGear, guys, we know him as a really young, strong fighter who has not yet reached his manpower, but 
got power that makes you think when he does get this man power, he's going to be scary. Uh, young guy picked up the strap, as we all know, from beating the dog shit of one Sanam Ali under the umbrella of Golden Boy, but they recently paid him 250k trainer fees, all that good stuff that happens and comes along with it. You never walk away with the number exactly. But for whatever reason, the numbers that were being exposed to him was left to himself. When you ask, okay, how much money did they offer you? And he says, I'm not going to tell you that. You just give me your number. Apparently, that didn't go well with Golden Boy Promotions. And it seems to be the young Mexican from Tijuana got himself a nice little buzz going right now. He's going to be signing with top rank. Willa, um, this seems like a a pretty good loss for Golden Boy Promotions because, hey, if Munguia was going to have a ceiling or could, like the ceiling that he could have, he could have a really good ceiling. Um, it could have went really high. I, I see his future as uh, him holding a few L's, but more W's for sure. Um, and a lot of money could be made with this this young Mexican kid because he's got a lot of skill, a lot of – I mean, uh, uh, not a lot of skill. Uh, he's a good fighter. I'm, I'm not going to say he's got a lot of skill. He does some good things. Uh, does he have advantages? Of course. Um, and he's very strong for his age right now. So uh, I think uh, this one should have probably been taken care of a little bit better by Golden Boy. But yet again, top rank picks up another good young prospect. Is this a W or L for Golden Boy Promotions and not handling this situation that I, I think I, I could be wrong, but maybe they're like, hey, they might look at it from my other perspective saying he might get a couple losses and, you know, we're not going to offer him that much money down the road. How are you looking at this one, Willa, uh, with Golden Boy Promotions and Top Rank who picked up the young Mexican from Tijuana, Jaime Munguia? Well, what I see is that somebody just got paid that's in the De La Hoya camp. Somebody very important. Uh-oh. And in in the Golden Boy situation, just got paid. Uh-huh. There's no need for any. There's no need for any other Mexicans, <laughs> Mexican fighters on on <laughs> Golden Boy. Jaime Munguia, oh, you know man. he's just he's he's it's just too little too late, and that's and that's not that's not a shot. I'm just saying, you know, Canelo doesn't want to compete with the affections of any other Mexican fighter at this point in time. You know, he think he he feels he's the boss. And I think he made the I think he made the call to go ahead and not give Jaime Munguia what he was worth, and and got him out of there. So, hey, good good pickup for uh, Bob. Uh, picked him up another guy. Oh, yeah. Another. You do You're, you you think Canelo's like you know what? I don't want this guy around here no more, especially if he's a Mexican from around a place where people I know know him. I don't want to be with this guy. This, Especially if he's around him. my weight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially, oh, yeah, because especially with the same size. Yeah. Yeah. Especially well, if I, I might have to see him. One sixty, and then he's fighting at one fifty four. So he really could be like, no, I'll just fight Canelo out that way. Yeah, so that, that's around his yeah, same. I fight him at that's around his vicinity. Right, we're on the same promotion. 
it's an easy fight to make, you know. So, you know, this I think that just puts a little separation in there. And, uh, you know, Munguia might be a star. Um, the way he fights, so young in the game, and uh, hopefully he gets his defense together before he gets his uh, – gets uh, goes up in weight because he gets he gets popped, but he eats them. So that's a good thing about him being able to drain weight so drastically. So, hey, good pickup for the Bob Father. He's got that's another another champion to his roster. Maybe a a young Mexican champion. So, so who is that? Uh-huh. That's uh, Lomachenko, Crawford, Munguia. Um, man, that's a pretty that's so, a pretty good young stable. And he's still got Ramirez yeah. and all that. Yeah, he, he, he. yeah, Jose Ramirez. <laughs> he got the uh, the um, yeah the um, Mex um, the Mexican American. So he's he's trying to get him a little young stable going, and so I'm not mad at him on that. Uh, you know, he's got to survive, and uh, I think those yeah, good pick yeah, up. So maybe, I'm not hey, mad maybe, uh, way. maybe, uh, hey, maybe a fucking you know um, when they had the Estes last year when you know uh, or I think it was last year when. Uh, Bud Crawford, Jose, it was this year. Jose Ramirez, Bud Crawford, and all them, they went to the event together, repping top rank. Hey, you know, maybe Jose Ramirez could teach Jaime Munguia how to speak some English a lot better than Canelo has has, has failed to do over the years and and make him a bigger star if he could learn how to say some some shit as far as cutting promos and all that. So, yeah, hey, Bob Arum, for for being as old as he is, he's got a really good mind, man, because I think this is a really good pickup and 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 if you're right on Canelo saying, you know what, we don't really need another Mexican, especially around my way, we'll be just fine, then that makes sense to me as far as, you know, the Golden Boy brand being basically around the Golden Boy. Yeah, I mean, I can see that happen. Hey, when, when the guy probably makes you $30, 40000000 million, you know, he makes the rules in your house, in your household, so. Canelo is now the boss. You know that's the that's the big thing. It's Golden Boy uh, promotions, but uh, Canelo is now the boss. So, hey, if he tells if he tells uh, De La Hoya, hey man, you know I made you forty million dollars probably. Let's say thirty forty million dollars. Hey, I need this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he just don't pay him. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. You're right about that. I'm not right at that. Uh, Janelle. Uh, if you want to comment on this one at all, because I know Jaime Munguia, you know, he might come on at times that aren't favorable or favorable for over on the East Coast or whatever, but uh, when it comes to timing. But, yo, uh, Jaime Munguia, they said that he went the route of not telling them what he was getting offered. He wanted to hear that opposition's offer, and it didn't match the par of what Bob Arum and Top Rank was throwing at him. I think that's a savvy that's a savvy move, which is a lot more um, than what his age is um, mo- moving along in the boxing game. So he's ahead of the game with picking up the strap at a young age, and it seems like he's ahead of the game when it comes to negotiations. Um, your thoughts on this whole ordeal, Janelle, uh, with Jaime McGee, top-ranking Golden Boy? I mean, I mean, I don't have much insight, but as far as from the fight's perspective, I mean, hey, he's going out for his money. Oh, the guy's looking to get paid. Hey, I can't blame him. And we all in this game to get paid. In the game of life, you're trying to get as much as you can get. And I'm before your time expires, since your prime is only short lived. You know I'm saying, who, so hey, the yeah, who picks up? Who, who, who's the, who picks up the who picks up the W on this one alongside from picking up a young champion at 154 pounds? 
I mean, the fighter looks like I, I'm the guys looking at between go, between Golden Boy between Golden Boy and Top Rank. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, I'm look, I'm gonna think about the fighter's perspective. I'm from the fighter's aspect, and the guy's looking to get paid, and it's like, hey, man, hey, whatever guy can do to get paid, I'm all for it, man. I know how these fighters be getting raped and left and right. Hey, the guy's looking to get his pay, his money. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I feel it. I just, I'm just looking at it like you know, um, if I'm gonna let Jaime Munguia go, being Golden Boy. Well, then I'm not looking too much into the fact of him possibly fighting Jared Hurd in the foreseeable future. Jared Hurd said he's, he's, willing, to get, he's willing to get in there with him. And I think Munguia is willing to get in there with Hurd, you know, if things don't work out with Charlo and him. So, I mean, if you're letting go or picking up Jaime Munguia, you've got to think about that one fight right there alone being a big moneymaker for you and your promotional company. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Most definitely. And a big fight it will be. Yeah, it really will be a big fight. I mean, um, hopefully that that, that could come around the way, but I know um, we'll see how it works out. But we got uh, seven minutes before we get out of here. Um, I, uh, I had Tyson Fury coming on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't know if you checked it out, Willa, or if you want no, to make a comment on that. Uh, you too, Janelle, because, yeah, it, was, um, it wasn't your usual three-hour podcast of Joe Rogan talking about Alpha Brain, Talking about kale meat, talking about things of all the same things that he's talked about for a long time. I listened to Joe Rogan for a while during his 300 run, maybe the 150 to 300, and he just kind of talks about the same thing over and over again. Great podcast host. Don't get me wrong, he's great at what he does. I mean, he's probably the, the elite of what he does on the mic. Um, up there with. Uh, you know, top guys in the business when it comes to hosting the show, interviewing, or just color complimentary. So, um, really, a really good show, but about a, a good hour and 40 minutes or something like that with Tyson Fury, who took over the mic doing a lot of talking. But uh, I found it kind of interesting. Tyson Fury talking about things like driving a Ferrari 190 miles per hour, looking to hit a wall and commit suicide really talking about um, having a lot of mental health and saying how he's in the greatest right now. But he doesn't know what to do when he's done with fights. So this got me thinking a little bit. Just kind of wondering what kind of Tyson Fury we're going to deal with come December 2nd. Because I like Tyson Fury as much as the next guy. But I worry about the man's foreseeable future when it comes to health and all that good stuff because a guy who has money, family, fame, materialistic objects who don't want anything afterwards, it's a little alarming to me. I worry about everybody in this sport, and I hope that we don't have any uh, issues with Tyson Fury after holding this L that's coming forward to him by one from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I hope. And Deontay Wilder. Uh, but Willis, uh, I don't know if you got to check out a little bit of that interview, but uh, um, if you if you caught anything from it about Tyson Fury, he was basically just talking about a little bit of mental health involved with some stuff that he did. And he said that after he wins this fight with Deontay Wilder, he's going to balloon back up to 430 pounds and this time do more coke than he did the last time. <laughs> Any comments you got on Tyson Fury before we wrap it up over here, my man? 
Oh no, man! I was uh, I, I, I started to listen to it, but just turned into a sob story that I've heard a billion times. Uh, so I didn't get yeah. to the end where he, you know, he switched it up. But you know, they're trying to make this guy out the uh, fan favorite. You know, I don't know what the hell Joe Rogan's doing. Why don't you support the American? You know what I'm saying? Get this guy <laughs> out of here. Fury shouldn't even be over here on the radio. We should be supporting our own. But it is what it is. If he did that, that's very funny. I like Fury, but this old, uh, you know, mental health thing now, it's just getting a little old for me. So no, I, see, I just I, I turned it off yeah, after a couple I, I minutes. I thought, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll show you a clip of it. I thought it was funny. I, I mean, the whole time I was listening, so I was like, God damn. But when he came towards the end and he was like, you know, as soon as I win, I'm going to – because Joe Rogan basically said, how do you lure, lure uh, Anthony Joshua into a fight with you after you beat Deontay Wilder? He said, I'm not. I'm just going to balloon back up to 450, uh, do more coke than I ever did, and <laughs> and enjoy it again. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. But, um, no, man, uh, I guess that basically wraps it up. The only other thing I wanted to uh, put something out there before we ended the show coming up on uh, three minutes from now. Um, oh, before I get there, Janelle, real quick, you want to touch on the uh, – I don't know if you – or you said you missed it. You missed it. You said you missed it. My fault. I, my fault. I thought you had checked it out, but I forgot. Um, <clears throat> one thing I'd like to say is – it was uh, today being the birthday of one Miguel Angel Cotto. Give a shout-out to my man, saying, having a good time. Probably resting on something that feels better than pillows that aren't pillows at this point in time, since he's in Orlando right now. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much it. Uh, we'll have the Wednesday show coming up, preview show with Willa posting what we got coming up for the weekend. But as of right now, all I know is this. Sacramento just beat the dog shit out of Miami. And we 4-3. and three. More wins than the Thunder. Blazers. Lakers. We own the bigger and better things. I'm telling you, young super team. Blood's plan. But, Willa, I'm going to <laughs> Vlad's plan, you already know. Kings ain't playing this year, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're going to keep the same energy. Uh, but, Willem, I'm getting ready to go get me something to eat. Wrap it up here pretty soon. What you got going on right now, man? It's about that time. Oh, yeah. I'm hit. It's a wrap for me. All right, man. All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to the Wednesday show that you got coming up on the midweek. Uh, just let me know whenever we rocking, and I'll be there with you. Um, sorry for the people. Uh, I know JP was, uh, uh, and and not only JP, I uh, had ETF, uh, my man from Florida, talking about yesterday, but technical difficulties that we mentioned. So um, it's all, uh, it, it, it happens sometimes. Give us a fucking break. But um, um, shout out to the Boston Red Sox taking care of business against the L.A. Dodgers handing them their second World Series consecutive L back-to-back. I like that. Uh, much respect to the Boston Red Sox for that. Um, special shout-out for me for the Eagles, the uh, Steelers, for making me a little bit of money this week. Much respect. 
October being about over. So, hope everybody has a good safe, um, you know, and that brings me to Wednesday. Wednesday will be Halloween, so Willa will have the privilege of having the last day of my favorite month, October, giving a preview show for what's coming up for this week or and or what's happening inside and outside the ropes um, in the square of Southern which we covered. But speaking for myself in San Joaquin Valley in Central California, my man D. Willa Wilson out there in Houston, Texas, Janelle up there in York, Hope you guys have yourself a beautiful, blessed rest of this Sunday because it's about to be over. Get yourself some rest, man. we got to be back at work tomorrow. And uh, it's a little bit different of a feeling now that I mentioned it coming towards the end of the show. Uh, hope everybody uh, has a good one. And for myself and Willa, our Fathers Boxing Podcast will be back here on Wednesday. Have a blessed night, folks. We out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.